Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. And James Coglin, for once. Look, I'm just happy you guys finally let me onto the Skype call for once. Now I'll just go wait in the corner until I'm called on. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And we're back here on the NPL Sunday Show for the 2022 season to recap all the action across the NPL and FQPL competitions for the Brisbane Football Review. Your home of Brisbane Raw and NPL commentary and analysis. It's Scott and Adam with you for another season. Mate, Adam, how are you? It's great to be back on the Sunday show. It's good to be back. It's good to have football back. And uh, like I said, it, round one, if opening weekend is going to be a sort of a harbinger for the rest of the season, it's going to be a roller coaster of a season. We'll get to that in just a moment. I would say it's good to be to have a two-person show, but we've actually got James with us this week for the first time. James, how are you? Welcome to the Sunday show. Thank you. I was worried that it would be a little bit of a conflict of interest with my role as weekday host, but then I remembered that I wasn't overly precious about that sort of stuff. So here I am. I wonder who that was on the other screen. <laughs> it's a very rare occasion and exceptions are made for you, as always, James. Now, on the show tonight, we'll go through the round four MPL men's as well as FQPL1, FQPL2 women's and FQPL1 in women's. We'll start with the game which we were at, Adam, on Saturday night at Lions Stadium. It was a 6-3 win for Gold Coast Knights. Goals from two goals from Kai Tepaldo, Merz Maratovic, Max Brown, Christian Bramora and Pasquale DeVita for the Gold Coast Knights. Goals from Tommy Gerrard, John Carl Salorzno and Andy Pengeli for Lions. We'll start with the positives. Gold Coast, what a what a miraculous, what a miracle, what a fantastic start. If I can put my words up for them, isn't it? It is. Uh, like I said, this, this was... Uh, if anyone said that uh, Gold Coast Knights were going to be the first club it, to to hand uh, Lions a six-goal you know beating, um, yeah, it's uh, like I said that, that was just a, a big shock in round one. It talk talk about a statement uh, from you know from Scott McDonald and his side that this was the ultimate statement to to smash the champions on their home turf. It was. It started out pretty well for Lions. It went ahead in the game, 1-0, then 2-1. I got 3-1 in front as well, James. And it looked like it was normal service resume for Lions, but Gold Coast in the second half, they absolutely ran right. Yeah, watching the game at home with uh, Simon's commentary, I'll be honest, when Pengeli made it 3-1 uh, just after half time, I was starting to think about maybe flipping around and seeing some of the other action going on. But Gold Coast Knights, they just... They really uh, finish with the wettest of sails, I think is the operative term for that. Yes, three goals in 10 minutes, Adam, and they were thoroughly deserving. Their work. Some of the football they played was absolutely sublime. Absolutely, and uh, I think it's a case of um, the five, I think five goals in 25 minutes end up being in the second half, which turned a 3-1 deficit into a 6-3 win. And um, it's just a case of um, there wasn't anything – other than the final goal, which I uh, will we'll get to, I think later on in the show, but uh, but basically it was a case of it, there was nothing spectacular in those first four goals that sort of that turned the game. It was just just great play, and I think there may be a case of you know ex- exposure of the new look backline for Lions. But we've uh, got to say, for, from the positive sort of Gold Coast Knights, uh, having their their three you know, strikers. Plus, you know, you know Kai Tapalo coming off the bench and scoring goals. That's got to be a huge um, positive for them. We will get to Lions in just a moment, Adam. But on Gold Coast, it's great to have that whole front line scoring, isn't it, for them? It's a great confidence boost. 
yeah, it is. And uh, like I said, so all, all all have sort of come in have come in from you know from elsewhere. Obviously, Pasquale Davida, the former uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder player, he uh, exceptional game. Christian Brymora uh, as well um, on on the uh, score sheet, and Mirza Muradovic. You now, obviously, you know, pretty much uh, kicking off where he left off before he um, had his journey in the A League. So those three guys, then Kaitapaldo coming off the bench, who was probably one of the better strikers. Uh, for for Gold Coast last year, uh, he like I said he he came on and scored a couple of quick goals in order as well. And like I said, six three. Um, I think we we were asked around. I don't think in the NPL era that Lions have ever conceded six goals anywhere. I certainly can't think of if they have. That's for sure. James, I mean, from Lions' point of view, they did lead the game in two, one nil and three one, but two of those goals came from set pieces, and I think. It's fair to say Gold Coast had the better of the game, is it? So what did you make of it from Lions' perspective? I mean, it's obviously not the way they would have wanted their season to start, but that's a we don't see those sort of capitulations from Lions very often, do we? No, but I do think back to last year when they played, I think it was Gold Coast Knights in round one as well, where they got off to a little bit of a slow start there as well. And I think I've learned my lesson from the last two years as well. There's not too much to panic about with Lions possibly getting off to a bit of a slow start in round one. I think it's just... They're getting their combinations right, learning their outlet processes, and I'm fairly certain that Darren Syme will happily be showing some of those clips to the team when they do their film review to say, we've got to work on X, Y, Z. Glad to see that you have learned your lesson. And do you actually think, because <laughs> last year a team like they just struggled against teams playing the back three, do you think that could be a little bit of that continuing over for, to the end of this year? I think so, and there's probably an overarching theme uh, that we're seeing for the week as well. You've got to wonder how having the extra three weeks off with fields that weren't available, has got is going to impact the different teams because, you know, Lions their fields by comparison seems like they got through um, quite well. But by the looks of things, you know, maybe not having those regular training sessions, maybe just they weren't quite as sharp as uh, they might have been expecting to be uh, come round four or one or whatever we want to call it. We'll call it round four slash one. Adam, what did you think of the the, the Lions' point of view? Look, I think it comes down to um, pretty much having pretty much it's a it, I guess it's a um, I'm not gonna say rebuilding, but it's a changing of the guard almost. Where Lions in the past, we know obviously we were sort of saying you know, a couple of years ago in, in Warren Moon's last season charge, Lions can see ten goals for the whole season. They've leaked six in ninety minutes, but, but that was based on the fact that they had you know, a very very stable back four. Plus, you know, Luke Boring, who pretty much that four, and when I say that the four, being Andy Thompson, Tommy Gerrard, who are still there, but also the retired Matias Simic and Josh Brindle-South, who's gone and move on, you know, play for Brisbane Raw in the A-League. That, that, was a, that was a very accomplished back four. You bring in two young players in Hassan Ramazani and uh, Jackson Hart-Phillips. Perhaps that, you know, obviously with the red-hot, you know, Gold Coast Knights side, was that was and also you know, Aiden Mumford, who's only just starting out in goals for Lions, was it perhaps communication that was the, the issue that you know that it was so very very you know unlike Lions as far as you know the defensive mistakes that they made, which pretty much allowed um, Gold Coast to run right, especially you know after after the hour mark. And that's the uh, big point that I was going to make as well, Adam. You read my mind is it's that youth that they've got at the back now. Matias Simic, you know, in Moon's final season, that was, you know, as good as, as good as a defence can get. Tommy Jarrett's still there, but he's probably got to try and 
do a lot more on-field coaching with uh, Ramazani and Hart Phillips with a new a goalkeeper behind him as well, because I'm sure Borian would have been more than um, like would have been a little bit more of a familiar voice. But now you've got to try and learn those new patterns, learn the, um, learn how these young guys are going to react in pressure situations, because uh, we're all in agreement. Gold Coast Knights, they're going to be much better than their mid-table finish last season. And I kind of feel like they may have come out with a bit of uh, a chip on their shoulder as well, showing that, you know, anyone who might have thought it was a, a two-horse race between Lions and Olympic for the Premiership, they're going to make sure they're having their say in it as well. Don't know which idiot said that it was going to be a two-horse race. It definitely wasn't me. No, it would not be you, and you'd never say something like that, would you? But in terms of what just quickly before we hear from Scott McDonald online, it's not only the fact that it's a young backline, it's the, two, the players they lost, not just the experience, they're also characters and leaders. Like Luke Roy, we know, massive leader, massive character, and Matthew Simic was the club captain for a long period of time. So it's not just that they're losing the players, they're losing the personalities and the, the leaders as well. So it's a bit of a regeneration of leadership at Lions as well, isn't it? There's no bigger personality than uh, Luke Borey. <laughs> but, but also as well, like, with that said, that's what, what I've just said is not to say that you know, Ramazani and, and Hart Phillips aren't up to it. They, they are probably two of our be- of the best defenders, you know, young defenders in the league. It's just a matter of then trying to meld that with the experience of Tommy Gerrard and Andy Thompson on the other side. That's going to be the challenge for Darren Syme, um, you know, going forward. But look, they'll be fine. It's just this. It's, it's week one. Like, but again, I think it might have exposed a slight flaw in the uh, in the total defence for Lions. And defensively as well, you you look at that and just say, you know, again, not to harp on this too much, but Simic, uh, etc. They just had so much more. Uh, experience to call upon. Ramazani and Hart Phillips, they're both, what, 19, 20, give or take? They just don't have that depth of experience, even though they have been training with the Brisbane Raw. It's not quite the same as the guys who have been doing it for a decade plus at this level. Absolutely. We have seen the Raw fall over at times due to that lack of experience. After the game, we did catch up with the head coach of Gold Coast, Scott McDonald. Let's see what he had to say after his side 6-3 win over Lions in round four at Lions Stadium. Right, we're talking about the coach of Gold Coast. No, it's Scott, not many teams come here and get a result like that. You must be absolutely thrilled with the way your side played in particular. Yeah, particularly being down three goals to one, you know, just at the start of the second half. Um, I've got a lot of belief in this group and I felt we played well in patches first up and not the way we can play. And I, and I feel the the occasion playing, you know, reigning champions, double reigning champions, the talent they've got, um, they sort of give you a little bit of a, a scare to start with. I think our players respect, you know, you need to respect them, but respect them too much. And I think that we showed tonight, once we got, sorry, once we got down to actually what we were doing and what we can do and believing that we're a good team. So you mentioned you went down by a couple of goals from set pieces. What did you say at halftime to try and get that right? And also the reaction in the nothing, second half was absolutely superb. Wasn't nothing, it? because you can't do anything about it. All we need to do is worry about what happens in the next half and try and stop it. So there's no point in going over it. We just go, right, okay. But I'll tell you what, when we score one and go back to 1-1, one, one, I felt like, you know, there's something we can get. Even at 2-1, I'm going, right. But at 3-1, we go, well, you need the next goal. And we get the next goal and it's some beautiful play second half. And we just put them under a little bit more pressure second half. Uh, probably didn't overplay as much um, and tested them. And from that, we got our rewards. And uh, I'm really happy for the boys now. But... It's round one. I said that to them before the game. Round one, you don't win the league. You know, you win it in round 22. So 
we've got a lot of work to, to do between now and then. It's been really frustrating for everyone, but particularly us, because we've been together since December. You know, And again, that could work for you, and it has to a degree, but at the same time, we've been itching just to get a game. So uh, we're, we're pleased to get off the mark, and then hopefully we can just build now. A lot of positives from this tonight, but five different goal scorers, or six different, five different goal scorers, but all the players in the front that score for you, that must be great confidence boost for all those players. It's brilliant because, you know, I know as, a, as, a, as an attacking player, particularly when it's the first game of the season, you, you want a goal or you need a goal quick. So for all them to get on the score sheet, it gives me problems with good ones. It's, and it's a good problem to have and it shows that we're capable of scoring goals as well as, you know, we've got a, we've been very, it's been the opposite. We've been very good defensively in pre-season and then... Like I said, I touched on it before. Preseason, it's there for working, but you can never really read in it too much. Defensively, we've been solid, and then we haven't scored as many goals as I would have liked. Total opposite tonight. And just finally, you mentioned you've been desperate for a game. Well, you've got a lot of games coming up now over the next couple of weeks. Does a result like that really give us really confidence, but almost something you can really build on and charge into these next few games? Because a lot of games in a short period of time. Yeah, absolutely. Feet on the ground. But the beauty of what we've managed to do this year and what I don't think was there previous seasons is we've got a squad capable to handle that now. You look at what we brought on. Look back with, uh, you know, all coming all the way through Gold Coast Knights. Fantastic prodigy we've got. Um, kept him on the bench just for his energy to come on and Kai Depaldo answers me and goes I want to play so I've got problems but good ones yeah good problems congratulations and good luck coming Thanks. up this week and that was what Scott McDonald had to say there on Saturday night out at Lions we'll move on now to the game which we covered on Sunday Adam which was a two-all draw out at Underwood Park the new home of the Brisbane Roar in 2022 they've got a home ground this year and it was a two-all draw uh, Eli Adams and Cyrus Demi on the score sheet for the Roar Dante Mariner and Ryan Kavanagh on the score sheet for Logan and this was a game which flipped on its head in about five minutes, Adam, with three goals. And apart from that, it was a very even contest. It was. Um, look, we, we, we'll, we'll talk about at the ground as well that we thought that, you know, Logan Lightning, they were going to be the wildcard team in all of this. That, you know, it was with all with their recruiting and it's very um, orthodox recruiting as far as the way sort of NPL clubs in Queensland work where they've gone and Logan have gone and yeah, use Rick Coughlin's connections in, in interstate to be able to sort of build a, a team. And we sort of weren't sure where they were going to sort of fit in as far as, you know, the, 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 the sort of the table and where the race, the race for the other uh, final spots go. But based on tonight's performance, and, and we still assume that, you know, Brisbane Raw are going to be a top half team. Look, I think Logan Lightning are going to be there and about as well. They they were very, very good tonight. They were very good, James. And you spoke to obviously Rick Coglin and Carlos Sully there in our, for our pre-season show. And the, the, they were an unknown quantity. And on first ever, it looks like they're going to be a really competitive side and taking that step up, which they were hoping to do. It does seem like that was the feeling that uh, was permeating through the club in their preseason was that, you know, they've uh, made NPL, they survived 2021, and now they want to go and make sure that they're not going to be uh, battling relegation. They're trying to establish themselves as a proper top-tier club. But uh, the, the guys that they've recruited, yeah, Mariner, Saliadare, et cetera, you know, and just looking at uh, the lineups that uh, came through today, because I was admittedly otherwise occupied <laughs> where these we'll came out. That. Yeah, um, like some of the names that weren't there, like Liam Golding, etc. Just like they've got a they've got a side that can put the fright into teams that aren't on their uh, game as well. And quite honestly, it I, I, in attack, I, I feel like they've really uh, been able to secure some massive upgrades. They certainly showed that today, Adam, didn't they? I mean, 
mentioned it when we were at the ground. There's no easy games here. I think the fact that Logan are going to be extra competitive certainly illustrates the fact that there's not going to be an easy game this year at all, is there? Not early on. Uh, not while every team is at full strength and they've got full availability as a sort of recruit as such. You know, um, look, I think, yeah, I, I really like uh, Logan's front three, you know, in Eddie Bidwell, uh, Jacob Fullock and Dante Mariner. I think they really look look good. Uh, Neil Sands on the left-hand on the left-hand left-back role, I thought also as well, you know, really got forward and caused caused plenty of issues. Like Logan could have been ahead after inside a minute had had all sort of fall, fallen into place. So they, they are if they, I think if they get their execution up front, up front goes, they, they're, they're gonna they're gonna really sort of do some damage and sort of you know cause a lot of headaches for for teams, you know, going forward. I think that I think that while they've got their their best best eleven there. They, they, they could really you know, be a player in this. And it all just comes down to keeping those guys healthy as well. You know, like the, the standout for me in that side will be James Cook. So I think he's, you know, without going too uh, heavy on the praise, probably one of the more underrated midfielders in the competition. Just, you know, his work rate, creativity on the ball. But he's probably one of those guys that they do need to keep in one piece, even if it means maybe protecting him in the later stages of some games. Absolutely, he was certainly vocal as night. James, I mean, in terms of the raw, Eli Adams is back from his trial overseas, Cyrus Demi on the score sheet. It's almost like what's old is new again, isn't it, for the raw with those two leading the way up front? Yeah, uh, and it was great to see those two back in action as well. We've spoken on our uh, weekday podcast um, where, about how maybe seeing those two in the uh, A-League men's setup uh, over the last season or so, the talent is there. Maybe they still need a little bit more hardening up in the uh, NPL while still training with the senior team. But, yeah, those two combined for the first goal, and hopefully that will be the start of a very productive season for them uh, and hopefully a long-term benefit for the A-League men's side or wherever Eli Adams is going, Germany, Norway, Sweden, who knows. Somewhere. What do you think of the Raw, the raw Adams? They seem like they were pretty similar to what they were last year, maybe not quite as experienced, but they're looking like they're building something good again, don't they? Well, it's funny. We were so when we were watching the game live at the ground. That you know, we sort of said that you know, Eli Adams and uh, Cyrus Demi both had to step up, and you know, within within minutes of sort of saying that, you know, I know especially with Demi scoring, scored an absolute you know howitzer you know, of a goal you know, to put them back in front, and they're they're gonna they're gonna be as long as they're in the MPL side, they are gonna be they're gonna be leaders, and they're gonna be needed to um to really sort of lead the charge. You know, Cyrus Demi. Um, definitely that, you know, he, he, he probably was a little bit under par as well. Like I say, he probably could have um, done a bit more than what he did other than the, the spectacular goal he did score. So I think he'll grow into, I think Eli Am's back, back you know, gives that creative outlet. But there's also sort of, you know, you know it's also a, I think big season for players like Brandon McMorrow and Josh Morland as well. They're going to be very, very important as well to to the raw side because, again, they're, they're probably seen as more experienced players um, yeah, like I said, if the Raw are going to make it back to the Final Four, uh, they're going to, like I said, those, those players are going to have to step up. You know, plus as well, I mean, also Alec Mills, um, sort of, you know, and the hard defence as well, his experience as well is going to be uh, required. We saw Alec Mills um, get a call up for a couple of A-League men's matches, but the question I want to pose to you, sorry, Scott, I'm just going to have to uh, put my uh, weekday host hat That's on. fine, take over, it's fine, that's what you're here to do. <laughs> Nick O'Connell getting the start in uh, goalkeeper. I, yeah, it was just I was wondering who was going to get the first call up because James Clayson. They were very uh, 
keen on him at Gold Coast Knights as well, and uh, Lachlan Duke as well. So, yeah, I, I was a little bit interested to see, but considering they recruited him out of Tasmania, he's got to have something about him to make him uh, worthy of the number one shirt. Yeah, to be honest, I thought they were going to start James Clayson as well in goal, but I mean, Nick, you're right, they didn't sign Nick O'Connor for nothing, and I thought he was quite good in goal for the Raw. Adam, and there were a couple of other young guys in the side as well for the Raw today, Diesel Harrington and mm. at the back, as well as Corbin Burrows. I mean, what did you make of those two making their first starts in the NPL? Uh, Diesel Harrington, I'm um, I'm a huge fan. The kid's a beast. He is he's an absolute beast. And uh, look, I, look I, I want to warn against, you know, not trying to you know, pump up his tyres too much. We've only seen him play one senior game at, you know, at NPL level. But from what we saw tonight and you know, sort of just, just his just presence, I, I look, I really... I'm keen to watch how he develops as a as a player over over the next season or two. Apparently, he's been within the um, within the academy system for the last four years. Uh, so so yeah, I'll be intrigued to see how how he um how he goes forward. You know, especially against um against our know, opponents where you know the attack is going to be even more sort of um, lethal. And that's starting with you know, Olympic next next Sunday night. Absolutely a good first up start for both those players. After we've got up with the head coach of Logan, Rick Coglin, as well as the head coach of Aurora Academy, Chris Cross. That's what they both had to say, and we'll be back right after this. Oh, we're talking about the coach of Logan, Rick Coglin. Rick, a two-all draw here. You decided to fight back twice. You must be really pleased with that effort. Yeah, absolutely. I think teams coming here are going to find it tough. They're, a, they're an incredibly talented football team uh, on a great surface, a big field. It suits them to a tee. We knew coming in that we were going to have to gonna, uh, do a lot of work off the ball and be, be structured, organised, rigid, hard to beat and then try and take our moments when they come. You know, we would have, could have, should have been ahead um, possibly more than once but, you know, they're, they're a top team. I'm incredibly proud that we managed to, to fight back and get a well-earned point. The goal also this year was to push further clear of the bottom end of the table. We must be really pleased. This is a nice starting exercise. Who were in the top four last year? Oh, for sure, for sure. The, the goal is it's not just to push clear of the bottom pack. Uh, make no mistake, you know, I, I signed up and a lot of the players signed up. We, we want to be pushing. We want to be coming up top six, top four in years to come. This is a, it's a building project, but every team in the NPL should be competing for top four minimum. That's what we're here for. So a lot of changes in the off-season. You're pleased with the way everyone's betting in nicely. It's a good first up hit out for everyone. Yeah, yeah, massively. You know, we played Raw obviously early last year, uh, a disappointing 6-1 result. And I think we've, we've showed massive progress in the year so far. Um, new, new boys coming in today. Uh, and tons of new faces. Um, you know, we're gelling, we're coming together, we've had a strong pre-season and a strong opening round, so hopefully we can build. And just finally got another away trip next week, away to Lawanda, who's looking forward to that trip up the coast? Yeah, yeah, look, we haven't had uh, hadn't had great results up there, or even at home, you know, they're a tough opposition, they did incredible last year, uh, we know that's going to be another battle, I think, you know, you're going to speak to coaches week in, week out, they're going to tell you it's a battle. Um, you know, a very good side, good coach, good organisation. It's going to be a tough game, but we'll, we'll go up there. Had a good performance from your side, so congratulations on the point and good luck next week. Thank you. Cheers, guys. All right, the weather coach of the Raw Academy, Chris Grossman. Chris, a two-all draw here at Underwood Park. Side led twice, got pegged back. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, um, disappointing. I think uh, leading twice in a game against a difficult opposition, I think... Uh, uh, yeah, it's disappointing. Have a lead twice, uh, two set pieces, which we spoke about all week about how to defend and how we wanted to. We, to be honest, we were the we were the victims of our own doing. So uh, we've got to learn from that. Yes, it's a young group, but um, for me, they're stepping into men's football. So these things you need to learn quite quickly. Otherwise, you're going to continue to get punished. You mentioned it's a new group. Did the delay in season help you in a way of giving a bit more time on the training path with the players? Or? Um, yes, it did. It did, but. Um, 
I think that's going to help everyone. I think uh, you know the season's strange. I think it's two years now where the season hasn't exactly gone to plan. So, um, but at the end of the day, we're, we're back playing football, which is fantastic. There's been some really good football this weekend. I think for fans tonight, it was quite entertaining. But as a coach, uh, you know you're quite frustrated. You, yes, you have your new group. You have same expectations as we said before, but we can't afford to throw away. Uh, silly goals like we did tonight but credit to Logan they came out they had a game plan they executed and uh, we'll uh, look to regroup for, for next week against Olympic which will be very tough Good to have Eli back Yeah it is it's fantastic I think him and Cyrus uh, coming back in is brilliant you know Millsy dropping in there as well is good for us but you know our, our job ultimately as coaches and, and why we're here as a program is to help those boys get uh, fitness form and uh, hopefully push for four, more first team opportunities so um, I'm excited to have him back his attitude was fantastic tonight and I hope that's a, that's a platform for him moving forward. Cyrus took a, a good goal tonight, probably left a couple out there again. So these are all things which we'll work on for, for next week. And uh, football's back, which is great. It is, and just finally, you here at Underwood Park as a home ground this year. Looking forward to making a nice space this year? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're extremely grateful to, to Rochdale for, for having us here. I think it's a, it's a fantastic facility. I think, uh, you know, pitch is very, very good. Uh, facilities here are fantastic. It allows us to do things which we weren't able to do last year. Um, and it all helps so as a young player. I think uh, you need to be as prepared as you can. And uh, we definitely had the boys prepared tonight. I think uh, just a few moments of sloppiness let us down. So um, looking forward to being back here again next next week. And uh, hopefully we can uh, learn from our mistakes tonight. Okay, we're back here. That, thank you to Rick and Chris for those chats. James, you're holding your hand up like you have something to say. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm our Diesel Harrington, product of uh, BBC football as well. It did his uh, game four. Well, in 2010, when they took on Terrace for double yeah, he's sports. the big tall one at the back. Yes, <laughs> I, I won't say I won't say how that game went for BBC, but uh... oh, gee, don't see that. <laughs> a, a fine a, young defensive prospect, though he yeah. is. It is, but that, that might help uh, balance out the uh, Adams' overarching praise. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure he has got a lot uh, about him. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll move on to the rest of the round for MPL men's results. East with a 3-2 win over Kabalba. Not sure about the goal scores in that one, although there was an 87th minute winner there for Eastern Suburbs at Goodwin Park. It was a 1-0 win for Olympic over Brisbane City on their return to the MPL. A goal from Takara Wakata, a very nice goal as well. On the, in the two other games played on Sunday, up, up on the Sunshine Coast, it was a 2-0 win for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Goals from Kyron Walters and Liam Ryan in the last five minutes there, giving the points to the Wanderers. And that one, a couple of red cards, which we might talk about in just a moment. And the final game of the round, it was a one-all draw between Gold Coast United and Morton Bay. Who else but Shane Smeltz for Gold Coast? Declan Smith with a late goal late on. Adam, I'm sure you've got plenty to say about your local side. Yeah, good point away from home. If we, we think that, especially the, the side that Gold Coast United named, um, which is a very, very good team, I must I must admit on paper, um, that, that is going to be a handy point for Coplex uh, that Morton Bay... Uh, it took away. Uh, also, but I think the other big news is that the defending uh, premiers go down at the graveyard that is Ballinger Park. So that's what I was going to say, James, isn't it? That's the, that's probably the standout result of the weekend that we haven't spoken about so far, is that there are a win for the Wanderers at home against Pinchot Player, where there were three red cards in the game. Uh, there was a bit of a dual red card just before halftime for Harry Arnson and Brenton Fox before Brody Boyce was throwing a red card late on. It's a it's a very good result, isn't it? Because the Wanderers were strong last year. A lot, lot of questions would ask, can they replicate that form, James, on first evidence? It looks like they very well can. 
Well, look, I'll, I'll be honest. You know, I was completely stunned to see uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Penn Power being involved in a combative match uh, with red cards. Secondly, when I saw the red cards pop up, I was actually wondering if it was a bit of a glitch in the new uh, reporting system that they're rolling out this year because three red cards. I mean, I know it was those two teams, but, but yeah, there was a little bit of a uh, bit of a surprise. And then Sunshine Coast Wanderers, again, finishing strongly. And next thing you know, they're starting the season with a win, Penn Power. Yeah, that that was a bit of a shock. But we did, we did all expect them to take a bit of a step back this year because they just set such a high bar uh, since they were, since they were admitted into the NPL. So, you know, in, in a vacuum, one loss from the opening game, not a great record, but I think it's also possible that by uh, the 10th game, we're sitting there going, oh, that's right, they've only lost one match. It's also probably good for the league, isn't it, the fact that the two sides who've dominated the last couple of years, Peninsula Power and Lions, they, they are beatable, aren't they? That's a positive thing. They play each other this weekend. It's actually going to be a fascinating game coming up, Adam, but it does illustrate these results that there's, this league is going to be very tight this year. Oh, absolutely. No, I think it's a case of it's going to be a battle every week. And uh, if you don't bring your A game, you're gonna you're gonna go go home with nothing. I think that's and that's I think at the end of the day, that's all we can ask for a league. Um, we don't I, sometimes we don't like we've seen in the past that there's one or two teams that are just hopelessly outmatched compared to the rest, and you, you sort of get a few gimme games. Um, in most cases, I even you know even in cases where home ground advantage is going to really you know, play a part of the result where maybe on paper the squad is probably not as strong as some of the others. Um, so, so yeah, look, I think it's going to make for a fascinating season where, you know, pretty much you know that unless you show up every week and play play the best, there's a good chance that you're not, you know, good, no, playing, you know, half as good is not good enough. Absolutely. The same is true in the FQPL1. James, we'll move on to now a game which you did call Speaking of the FQPL between Redlands and Rochdale, I might just tee you up here. It was a 2-1 win for Rochdale. You want to tell us all about it? Sure. I mean, it was it was a scrappy game. You could tell it was the uh, opening match for both sides. It was a little bit of a feeling out period as well, but uh, Rochdale, definitely the better side. Can't argue with them getting the three points. It was very stop-start, just trying to keep tally during the game. Um, approximately, I think it was... 13 fouls uh, for Rochdale, 12 for Redland, two penalties and a red card as well. Marek Mardley, I think it, like he should be the golden boot uh, favourite for um, FQPL this season. I think it was 24 goals in um, 13, 13 games for Holland Park before he made the move up to Lions. And I think he's going to enjoy a very profitable season in um, – in, uh, FQPL this season with Rochdale and speaking to him in the week leading up to the game as well. He was very, very happy that uh, having spent 2020 up at Penn Power, 2021 at Gold Coast Knights, he's happy to be in a slightly more local club for where he's based now as well. Um, yeah, and if, you, if you're going to watch the highlights of this game, Joel DeCruz uh, for Redlands, not the biggest guy, so naturally I'm going to be a fan of him for that reason because I'm still waiting for my growth spurt at age 32. But uh, he had some remarkable saves, including one in the first half where they tried to catch him off his line and got back and managed to tip it over the bar away from the uh, lurking Rochdale striker. I'm trying to think if there was anything else really uh, of note from the game. Uh, big injury for Alex Tabion 
the centre back, which they signed as well. It looks like he hurt his lower leg. Hopefully, it's just a strain and nothing too serious. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was interesting. Like doing the game remotely from the studio in Cooperoo, you are you are working off the um, team sheets and not not great getting um, the information from clubs 17 minutes before kickoff, but. I suppose that's uh, just what we're working with when we're not at the ground, Adam. Yeah, um, like I said, I think there's a lot out there um, with it, with basically, uh, I know with game day, the game day website that you know the, the lack of team news. Um, yeah, I, I I'd be interested to know and hear what the issue is there because I know that you know, especially for people like us and you know I guess are covering these games that you know we rely heavily we've relied heavily on getting team news you know and you know half an hour to you know half an hour to 15 minutes before the game and the fact that there's none there I, I think I don't know there's if there's an issue uh with the reporting as far as you know the the IT side of it but uh, something that Football Queensland need to fix. Um, like I said, I, the, uh, the other thing I think that you know, to, to James's point, that you know, the fact is that he's relying on the clubs to ring through team information. Him who on commentary 17 minutes or so before kickoff, it's just not good enough. It just, it, it's, it's just, it's just not good enough. And you know, we're obviously with the launch of the FQTV, you want to put your best foot forward. Um, and I think if you talk, talk to most people out there, you know, club officials and even fans. I think there's a lot of frustration at the moment. There's a lack of clarity and lack of transparency as far as who is playing. And, you know, especially for us, you know, you know we're, we're, we're lucky that, you know, especially last night's game, you know, I have to tip the hat to, you know, both Lions and Gold Coast Knights for the amount of effort they put into their into their social media and you know, putting the team information out. But, um, yeah, today was a bit chaotic. Trying, trying to get team news for uh, Brisbane Raw and Logan. And like I said, the, the clubs are only restricted what they can, can and can't do. Some have got a excellent social media presence. Some are still, you know, finding their way. Some have got none or hardly any. Um, so, but yeah, I think that the, the key to it all is I think that the game day system website, um, that not be able to display team news, you know, before before the game, I think that's going to be if that needs to be rectified ASAP because that's I think people are going to lose, you know, confidence and patience real quick if that's not um, if that's not rectified very soon. Yeah, I, I will just say Rochdale super cooperative could not appreciate their help uh, any more than I do. Um, and yeah, like from a from a commentator's perspective as well, and I'm sure some of the other guys will uh, echo this as well. Like we need to know like player names, numbers, you know, start like the players that are and aren't going to be involved. I, I know I rely on Jersey numbers a lot when I'm trying to spot players as well, because like whether I'm at the ground, whether I'm doing it remotely, it's just like I use uh, any sort of help I can get. And especially early in the season where players are moving, they've got new kit numbers, etc. It really does just make things so much easier when it comes to trying to pick out who is who and it's not an easy job it's not an easy job i mean it's it's a lot of fun i wouldn't trade it but it does require an awful lot of preparation if you're going to do it well you don't just rock up get the uh team sheets and start talking for two hours unless you're planning on doing a very very poor job you don't want to trade that job for hosting this show no this is all you you're doing a great job scott thank you i'll take that but i will say in all seriousness going around the grounds this weekend it is certainly something that we did here 
pretty much everywhere we went, Adam, it was an issue regarding this. So hopefully it's something Football Queensland can address in the coming weeks. Moving on to the rest of the results in this weekend's round. It was a 3-2 win for Thunder at home to Western Pride, a late winner from Wilford Philippe. A 2-1 win for Caboolture over Southside Eagles. Magpies 3-1 bounced back over Sunshine Coast. And in the games, the other game today, Ipswich Knights came from a goal down to beat Mitchell by two goals to one. Any standout results there for you, Adam? Um, it's good to see Magpies Crusaders uh, get get the uh, get a win now down early to Sunshine Coast Fire. Um, like I said, they need to make their if they're going to make any push to get back to the MPL, they need to make their home games count. And this was a this is a much needed win uh, for them. Uh, I guess any other results? Um, so shocked that Mitchelton went down to uh, went down to Ipswich Knights today. I think that that was a bit of a shock given what you know the squad the squad that Mitchelton has. But you know, look, Ipswich Knights. You know, I think for them morale wise, I think that's a great win. I think obviously they they were one of the clubs, especially that were hit hard by the floods. And I think you know, that would at least you know have some some sort of, you know, help as far as morale goes, especially they're playing at the, uh, what's it called? The Stan McRae field up the road from their usual round, uh, their usual ground at Eric Evans. Oh, that explains the uh, different camera feed I saw there uh, at, at uh, Double Take. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't go past Magpies Crusaders. It was a horrible day at the office in the lone uh, round one match that was completed. I don't think you'll hear any different uh, from them up there, but you know, hopefully it's a sign that they are going to be better for the uh, experience and the extra bit of preseason. Vichy, well, as we mentioned in the start, I think there's no club um, that's going. Well, there aren't going to be any clubs that can say they were harder hit than uh, they were for oh during the floods as well. So you would hope that it's just a bit of a byproduct of the uh, interrupted pre-season and build up to the uh, first game of the campaign. Absolutely. We'll move on now to the results in FQPL 2 as well as FPL, FQPL Women's. We'll just read through the results because we won't go through them in too much detail, but in FQPL 2, there were wins for Virginia over North Star. Surface Paradise beat Coomera by six goals to two. Win and Wolves beat Taringa 2-1. There was a, a draw between Holland Park and Mag- Magic United. A win for Sanford on the road to South United and in the final game, Albany Creek to Grange Thistle one in FQPLW. It was a one nil win for for Peninsula Power on Friday night over Virginia. It was a two one win for Western Pride over Southwest Queensland Thunder. A four one win for Mitchelton over Logan and in the final game, Brisbane City four Gap one. Now Adam, we'll move on to how we normally conclude the show. It's back the performer of the week. Who have you got? Um, look, I can't go past uh, Kite Paldo. Um, uh, so he came on and uh, pretty much mopped up uh, lines at uh, at uh, at the gold line, and his final goal was actually quite spectacular. I think uh, there's, I think there's a couple of goals. I think already in week one, around four, whatever we're calling it, that are going to you know sit as the clubhouse leaders as far as the goals of the year. But uh, yeah, quite a Paldo is a cute goal, a cute, cute angle goal with uh, you know, for this final goal. I think that's that might be tough to top, although um, Takara Carter might say something about that. James? I'm, I'm going to go Greg Tresher from uh, Rochdale as well. So captain's knock. Um, and, yeah, I thought, you know, it's a good sign for last year's FQPL runners-up that he's going to be in some solid form. 
So I can't go past Gold Coast. I said, I'll go for Pasquale De Vita. I thought he was fabulous. So then you could pick any one of that Gold Coast front third and it wouldn't go wrong. So they were absolutely fantastic in that team. They deserve across the board actually perform of the week in all trees, but I'll go for Pasquale. But that'll do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review's NPL Sunday Show. We are back for 2022. Adam, good to talk to you once again. Yep, uh, we're good. And we'll see you uh, next week. I think we'll probably see James back on this show in about 2027. Is that correct? Sounds about right. I think uh, once once I uh, get back from changing my son's nappy, we'll uh, see how we go there. We'll see we can't how we afford go. him. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on it. But I'll do it this, this week's show. We'll be back once again next weekend. Get out and enjoy your football at the local grounds. We'll talk to you all again next weekend.